Good morning, good afternoon, Avita Zane, wherever you're from, we're showing you love from Bricktown. Dad, how you doing? Doing wonderful. My health is good, and I'm still here at 76. It's, it's, uh, it's a good day for old guys. You just had a birthday. Happy birthday, happy birthday. How are you feeling? Feeling great, actually. I, and what, did, what, what did you do for your birthday? Uh, I think I had some pizza today from somebody. I'm not sure who. Our handyman bought some who bought some pizza, and we had that. Did you have a birthday cake? Yes, we did, and, was, and everybody ate it up too. It was very good. I'm sure that you and your brother got together and, and, and got it, but it was a very good sheet cake. It was very good. Awesome, awesome. So, what do you want to talk about today? I want to talk about state affairs, number one. Number two, I, I want to do a little, a little prognostication about what I think is going to happen in the future. And I think that the country is on the right track. Uh, I think that, the, um, as I've said many times, I think that uh, we're about to go through a, a complete revolution in this country, and, which is a good thing. We may end up getting D.C. statehood. Only one guy right now is holding it back, and that's Joe Manchin, uh, who's sticking the mug on most things. He might as well be a Republican, frankly. He's with them so much and takes their side so much that um, he's really been in, in something of an impediment. But, you know, he, he's going to come around, I think. Uh, also, you have Lisa Murkowski, who actually may come and save the bacon food for the Democrats. She may switch parties. I think that's distinctly possible. Remember, she won her last race six years ago, or five and a half years ago, by being, by getting a, a write-in vote, which is kind of almost impossible because it's kind of difficult to spell her name. For those Alaskan folks up there, uh, they actually had to spell her name on a write-in ballot. And that's how she got elected. So it's a, she's really an, almost an independent. She seems to be uh, kind of level-headed. Uh, she's more level-headed than another female they have, the one from New Hampshire, who's kind of kind of kind of scattershot. You never know what she's going to do. Uh, she very often says she's going to do X, and eventually she goes and does Y. So, but it, this is this is a, a very political year for a lot of things. This is kind of a make-and-break year for the country. Uh, we really are, are in a as, a, as a former politician, we really are, are in a nice edge in a lot of ways. And if we aren't very careful, it could be really bad. I mean, this uh, our last president did everything possible to become a dictator and become a dictator for life. And he almost, almost did it. Because uh, he's, he's an old spot with his the way he can talk and persuade people to do things. He's, he's, got, he's got a gift of that that I, you've rarely seen. Ronald Reagan had it also. So, and my mother, who's a black female, had, was, was, uh, reminds me of that. She always had it. So it, this, this is a, a perilous time for everybody who's listening on Bricktown. Uh, but, you know, we, we're, we're going to a period where we're, it looks like we're going through a transformation into good times. And 
that's a good thing. But uh, we're we're here, and uh, the the weather's finally gotten warmer, and uh, we're looking for a lot of things. One of my, one of my, uh, one of my my boys is going back to Kuwait in another another six weeks. Uh, he's going for a month in. Uh, up in uh, 26 days, I think it is, up in uh, Wisconsin to, to run around a camp up there for the Army. And then he's, uh, about a couple of weeks later, he goes to Kuwait for, an, for a year. And apparently they can go all over the world to do lots of different things. So it'll be interesting. He's He's been a soldier since he was 17. He's now about 34 or so. So he's only a couple of years from, from retirement if that's what he wants to do. But uh, he's, he's, I'm very proud of, of Tommy. We need to get him on a broadcast. That's Thomas Nelson. He's he's a he's a good good guy. He helps us around the park here. He's grown into a very caring son. I tell you that. He's. Uh, I I remember meeting Tommy when he was eight years old. Yeah, yeah. He was eight years old, and he he he, he got he bonded with my brother, who's from the uh, Army Lifer. And I remember once we dropped, I dropped him off with my brother, who was at, I guess, Fort Stewart in Georgia. And he lived with my brother for a few days, and uh, about a week, almost a week, because I had a meeting up there. And uh, that convinced him he needed to be in the Army. And um, he's always he's been, he's been that kind of, kind of an Army person ever since. And at that time, he idolized my brother because he was on post there. And my brother took him around to his duty station there. And, he was about about an E six or E seven, I think. I'm not sure what my brother was actually. But uh, staff sergeant, yeah, E seven. But uh, Tommy's now an E six, and I think he'll be a seven before too too much longer. And uh, for a guy who never got above spec four, uh, I find it remarkable. Uh, as much as uh, I really wanted to be in the army. I really wasn't very good at it, even though I got to, got the post that I wanted and I got the uh, the branches that I wanted. I wanted to be a military policeman, and that's what I was for two years, or one year, eleven months, and seventeen days. Uh, and I remember I hurt my back and hurt my knees up in the Kahuku Mountains of Hawaii, and I was exposed to Agent Orange and some other things when we were up in the mountains up there. And the Kahuku Mountains of, of Oahu are really kind of kind of treacherous. But that's, you know, my, my Army service was, uh, we were there and our unit was, was called up and we became part of the Americal Division in Vietnam. So as a disabled vet, I, I find it to be, uh, it was a, a, the best of times and the worst of times. I knew the guys that, that got caught up in the My Line Massacre. They were right across the street from me in Hawaii. And then the commanding officer there, the, the captain, was he was a pretty good guy. And then the colonel over that unit was you know, was over my unit at various times. And he was a good guy. I mean, and so as looking back on that whole Vietnam experience, the Vietnam era experience, um, we were really... Uh, in over over our heads and what we were doing, but uh, and I think we are now. And it's good that, that Biden did the right thing. So let's get let's get out of Afghanistan. We shouldn't be there. 
You know, I, I appreciate that your example, and it's it's good to see leaders like you who are willing to say, "This is something I wasn't good at." Oh yeah, no question. There's quite a bit of things that I wasn't good at, but but there are many things. But I, as I get older, I said, "How was I able to do all of these different things?" And whenever I was not down, wasn't too much longer that I got back up and and achieved different. But it wasn't too much longer that I did that. So, let me see something. Uh, Matt, would you like to be, be on Spotify? So, yeah, he's, he's shaking his head saying yes. <laughs> he, he's not sure what he wants to do, but he's shaking his head. It's going side to side or up and down, Matt. <laughs> now, t- tell America you're talking to your grand. Yeah, I'm talking to my grandson, uh, Matt, and he's a, he's a good kid. We're trying to get him here for some, sometime this summer. So he's out there working, working actually out in the park doing stuff. So I can tell he makes you feel younger. Yes, and he's, he's a little shy, but he's, he's doing good. That's good. But, you know, as, as I said, we're, we're going through a, a period of change in our country that's it's like the Roosevelt days, right after the Great Depression. So, I mean, it was, um, we're really going through a lot of change, which is a good thing. Things that I would I never thought would happen, I think are going to happen. I think D.C. is going to get statehood, no matter what happens. I think not only will D.C. get statehood, uh, now your sister just walked in. Heather, you ready to get on my podcast? Boy, these are some shy people. My daughter said she didn't want to want to be on on the podcast either. <laughs> That's okay, man. She said she's got work to do yet. So, uh, so listen, a, a couple other things you wanted me to remind you to talk about was Gary Hart and Carborough Parks. Yeah, uh, a couple things, I guess. The, the Carborough Park system is one of the better ones for a little town in the country. And when I first got elected, we had a, a little baseball field next to City Hall, and that's all we had for the whole town. We had spots of land that we either had or we, we purchased. And then we, we did a bond issue and built a 50-acre park out west of the town, and they next it, of course. And there were a lot of things that we were able to do. We got a big grant from the federal government for about a million dollars to do that. And during that period of time, we, we increased the town's tax base by 100%. Uh, and we were able to do it by, by expansion and annexing some land that was ours, or I mean, it should have been ours. And we went through a, a period of time where we changed the whole nature of what Carborough was. Uh, and I talked to the, the current, current mayor, who's a wonderful person, wonderful lady. She's, you know, keeping that, that, that hope alive. And she's keeping the difference alive. Remember, we had six-day bicycle races. We, we have um, the, the Carmel Mall, which they were trying to demolish. And it was a World War II underwear factory. It was all brick. And they took the bricks out. It was bricked up, and bricks went over the windows. They took the bricks out of, out of the windows so people could use it. And those bricks were then, then used and shipped to Disney World in Florida. So when you look at the bricks that are down there in the brick, brickway in uh, Orlando, those are the bricks from Carborough. 
from, from Carmel Mall. And that's that's a little mm. factoid. Mm. A little factoid. No, but the parks improve the quality of life. Yes. No question. It it, it actually enhanced the whole town. Town thought of what it thought of itself. And it wasn't a second-class citizen anymore. It was it was a, a innovative town, and those innovations are going on even to today. It's 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 got a reputation. That's that, that's what it does. It's 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 the anchor of one of the best university bus systems in the whole country. Without Carver, there wouldn't be a, a Chapel Hill bus system. Even let's call it the Chapel Hill bus system. It's really the Carver bus system because without Carver, there is no bus system. Uh, as we were going through all the changes to make that happen, they had a, the chapel had a little bus that went up and down one of the streets, and that was it. There were all these 1850 buses that were breaking down, and now it's it's something it's, it's the most innovative system, bus system in the college town in the entire country. And that was the evolution that you know I, I helped engineer and beat up on the university to do, and it was uh, a time. <coughs> That uh, we were able to have get the university as, as willing partners, which they weren't. But when, when you take over part of the town as a university kind of thing, uh, it's uh, it's a good good thing. Gary, do you want to be on my Spotify thing, my podcast? Come over and say hi. This is our handyman, Gary. Come on and say hi and tell me something about yourself. How are we doing today, sir? Hey, Gary, how you doing? I am doing terrific. Listen, my dad speaks very highly of you. Tell America what, what the real about him. The real about your dad? Yes. What? Well, He's pretty amazing, very nice gentleman, and uh, I respect him a lot. He's a very respectable man. So, but oh. and nice all the way around. I have we get along great. Awesome. Win-win situation. Thank you for sharing your thoughts. Okay, thank you, sir. He, he, he wants to be Gary wants to be incognito. Yeah. He, he just moved moved here from 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 Ohio and started he, working for us about a month ago. He definitely sounds like someone you are paying. Oh, no, that's not true. <laughs> uh, but he, he's a good guy. He's he's, he's doing doing fine, and uh, he's he's uh, we're working outside actually all day today. I'm seeing one got some pizza for everybody. So that was a good thing. Another topic you wanted was uh, Terry Stanford. Yes, you know, one of the, well, I may have said this earlier, but one of my more interesting regrets is it would have changed my entire life if I had done it, was he asked me if I wanted to be the minority dean for Duke University. And, and who who was Terry Stanford? Who was Terry, Terry Stanford was the president of Duke University at that time, but he was a previously, in his incarnation, he was the governor of North Carolina. And uh, he's from a family of, of Sanford's, and there's even a city called Sanford. And uh, the bottom line of this was he's a gracious man. 
and I went there for some purpose to talk about something. And he said to me, he said, do you want to be dean of minority affairs here at Duke? And I said, no, I was so busy into whatever I was doing. And I said, no, and I thought about that many years later and said, why did I do that? That would have changed my entire life if I had done it. But, you know, it would have put me on a whole different pathway. And I probably would end up being a college president, I could imagine. If, if you're number two or three at Duke, you, you're, you're a college president somewhere else, for sure. But, you know, that, in life, you, you make decisions. And I was so involved in what I was doing as, as Carborough mayor. And I was really the, the driving force in what's called the research triangle for all of those mayors there, and most of North Carolina. Uh, so it was something I didn't even consider. Looking back on it, I said, why did I do that? That would have made my life very, very different, and your life very different. But, you know, it was, it was a period of time that was good. And I don't regret anything I've ever done. I mean, you do the best you can as you do it. And each, each, each thing that you do in your life, and I'll say this to everybody listening, will affect everything else you do after that. So you need to be true to whoever you are and just do that. And that's a good thing. And I want to make sure America knows that I never missed any meals, Dad. So even though you didn't get that job, God has blessed us. Yes. Uh, you know, I remember when you picked us up and you got a flat tire on the car. and You said, I'm not changing the tire. I'm just going to drive on the axle. You know, I was going to go drive on the metal. Sparks were flying, but you, <laughs> you came to see your sons, and I appreciate you. Well, the key thing is, in my life, I've had ups and downs. And whenever I was down, I knew I'd figured out a way differently each time to get back up. And I've done it every single time. And now in, my, in the twilight of my life, at 76, uh, I'm doing as well as I ever, ever have. And I feel good about it. And I surround myself with positive people. And that's a good thing. I say to everybody out there, if you have some people that in your life that are not good for you, get rid of them. Try to stay with people that are positive. And Gary is a good guy here, and he's done well. Sure, he works for us. He's going to be good, but he's a good guy. And, you know, you treat him well, and he tends to work out well for everybody. And uh, so we're here doing that. My daughter is here with her three kids. They're down here because my, my wife had, had, a, had her jaw broken by a dentist, so we're dealing with that. So she's here with her three kids, and uh, three kids are actually doing, doing well out, out in the park, and that's a good thing. So and that's the background noise that you hear. So uh, that, That's the noise of, of family and yeah, love. It is, yeah. And get ready for Mother's Day in a couple, couple days, and... You had a big business day this week, right, for the park? We had many big business days in the park. Oh, yes. Well, I know that we had a, the head of the uh, Harvey Park Owners Association came by and looked at our, our big yurt because it's the biggest yurt in the country. It seats 100 people in, 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 in certain kinds of seatings. But it's 20 feet in, in diameter and... Uh, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a couple thousand square feet. I don't know how many. I, Does she have a name, Dad? What's her name? Um, if you hadn't asked me, I was about to tell you that. <laughs> but anyway, she's, she's head of the RV Park Owners Association for North and South Carolina. It's called Sea Arvick. 
She, okay. gave, she detoured herself specifically to come by and look at it. Wow. We're going to have a board meeting here, and it's the most innovative project, literally, in the country. And our RV park, she said, said it's the most interesting and different park that she's ever seen. With glamping pods, tiny houses, and two different kinds of yurts. I like the feeling in that yurt. It's very natural. It's organic. It's a great feel. Yes. Okay. I'll see you, Gary. Okay. But uh, uh, Gary's off for the week, so he just came by to get, re- get remunerated, which is a good thing. And uh, he's, work, he's worked hard here. I give him that. And it's, his work ethic is excellent, literally excellent. So, but, you know, we, we're here doing that, and with, like anything else that we do, it's just a matter of time. And I say to everybody out there, if you're down today because of CLC, C19 or whatever, just get up and just try. Among the stories that have come out is so many, so many people who had bad, bad experiences and, and, and really were down on their luck because of C19 have found a way to get back. I saw I saw an article in the New York Times about this guy who was panhandling in front of a, a, a in front of a, a steak a steak restaurant and uh, uh, basically the manager saw him out there and said, "Would you like a job?" And he said, "Yeah, nobody would give me a job." So she gave him a job, and he he does does various odd jobs out there. He's been been there working now about ten months. And Jeff get him an apartment and everything else. So, uh, but you know that that's what's going on here. It's all those people that were laid off for various reasons by small businesses, they're coming back and, they, and they're seeing different things. I think you're going to see a wave of new businesses and innovative things that have happened. And we actually had too many restaurants, in my opinion, because people got into the restaurant business and they thought they could cook. Everybody can cook, but the reality is we have too many of them. I thought about it a number of times. I know that, and so it would have been the worst decision I ever made if I had ever started a restaurant. But you know, you, you learn. I think you can cook, Dad. I love you. I love you cooking, Dad. Oh, I know. I, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm different. And but uh, what meal do you what do you enjoy cooking the the most? Would you say? Well, I know that that. My, my favorite meatloaf here is well. It, it only lasts one night, no matter how big it is. If it's two pounds or so, it still only lasts one night in our, our household. And one of the things that we do is we kind of share the who cooks it for. My wife cooks some, and Bobby cooks a little bit. One of my other sons, and then Tommy cooks a little bit too. Uh, and Tommy's the youngest of the children, and he had never cooked before. We started getting him into cooking. He had never grilled before, and before he got him into grilling. And my my daughter that's here now, she she was uh, a big griller as a kid, work, working for or not working for him, but competing in the chicken queue in Alabama. Chicken queue. That's right. So, so she finished third in Alabama's national search for chicken queue, and the uh, judge said to me. Bob, if she had a, just cooked it another five minutes, she would have won the whole thing. And if she had won that, she got a trip to the national thing, which I was I was kind of in charge of. And she would have probably been the national barbecue champion, so she could barbecue, no question. 
She was she she made uh, uh, grilled steaks last night here because we have a we have a, a an old smoky grill we used and it's uh, it's hot and it actually is one of the best grills I I guess I must have bought over time ten different old smoky grills and it's really the best grill it's aluminum grill that's on legs aluminum legs and at the top it's a two part grill and it's the best grill to buy. I've had so many of them over the last 25 years. Uh, this is the one that uses the pellets? No, that's, that's, that's a pellet grill. That's a different one. That's a different grill. But it's the one like you Yeah, You bought one at one point in time, the silver ones. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah that's a good grill. And they're both good grills. Smoky, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the bottom line is the smaller one is the hottest one, and they have, like I said, three sizes. And the biggest one is the coolest one. <laughs> It doesn't do as well a job as the littlest one. And the littlest one is like 30 bucks. So I would advise everybody out there, I don't have any stock in the company, but buy an old smoke. And they're online, you can get them. Amazon sells them and everything else. But an old smoke is what I would get, tell everybody to get if you're into grilling. Uh, and grilling is, is one of America's pastimes. But, you know, it's an interesting time for all. Here. How do you feel when you're grilling? I feel good. Uh, and, and we, as I said, we got Tommy into grilling. He had, he never grilled because his sister did, who was, was older than he is. And he started grilling. He grilled. He was grilling the other day. And of course, Bobby's here, and he's he considers himself a grill master, and you do too. So uh, it's it's. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I can I can grill. Yeah, all all, all the kids can. It's, it's a good thing. But uh, old Smokey's, I would tell everybody. For thirty bucks, which is what the smallest one cost about, that's the one I would get, uh, and it's because it's the hottest one and it, it, it goes up fast, and you can regulate the heat and everything else. And America's pastime one in summertime is grilling. People say it's not good for you, but everybody does it. And uh, I'm still around at seventy-six. As I said I had, I had some grilled uh, pranks and some grilled. Uh, uh, Strip steaks yesterday, and they were very good. That that Heather Heather made, and it was a very good thing. So that's good to know. That's good yeah. to know. Yeah. And and I guess the thing on these podcasts, you people get to see and, and hear different aspects of my life and my family's life. And we're a big family. Uh, you know, like we have eight kids, and they're all over the country, and they, they range in different things. And one is is a basically a, a heavy equipment operator. Another one works at ESPN to do all the, all the graphics you, that you see in the, the NFL draft. He does all the graphics. Uh, so, I mean, every, all of them are very different. They do different things. That's a good thing. Did you see any draft highlights that you liked? Well, yeah, Tommy was sitting here looking at him. When he's always concerned about how Minnesota's going to draft. And so he was here watching it with me. Tommy's getting ready to go to Kuwait in a little bit. And he's been to Kuwait and Afghanistan before that. He's been in the Army Reserve for about, oh, 16 years, 16 or 17 years. He's like 35 or so. So uh, he's going to Kuwait for a year, starting in June, I think it is. But he says he's going to be in Kuwait, but he's going to go some other places too. So we all can pray for him as he goes. But he's serving our country. 
feel proud of what he's done because he's following the legacy of my brother, who was uh, one of his military idols, actually, my late brother, so Rodney. And I can say, please give prayers to my my, my relatives, my sister, who's the oldest of my, my siblings, passed away at 83. She's the oldest sibling, oldest person in our family at 83. That was really re- kind of remarkable. She passed away uh, in a funeral was last week. So uh, my mother's original four kids is only me and my sister Carolyn left. So, and we'll do things. We, we, I'm going to see Carolyn this week because she likes to you know, have lunch with the grandkids. So they're going to go over there and we're going to have lunch with, with Aunt Caroline. So we need to get her on a podcast, one of these podcasts too. I love Aunt Carol. She bought me my first Bible when I went to Bethune-Cookman College. That's right. She did. And I still have the Bible. Okay. That's a good thing. So, so listen, uh, as we close out, let's get your, your words of advice, your, your words to the people, and we'll say a prayer for Tom. Yes. Uh, my, my words to the people is, we as a country are, are at a crossroads, and we need to to innovate and go to where we should be going, and not the way the autocrats or the plutocrats are doing. And Biden has turned out to be among the best presidents we've ever had. I'm really surprised at how good he is, uh, and how innovative he is. And, I, and he really is, you know, my point is he's unfettered. He's never going to run again. He's too old. Bottom line is, this is what he wanted to do his entire life. So he's doing what needs to be done. And that's going to be a good thing. And being unfettered sometimes is the best thing the best thing can do. So he's just been a wonderful president this first hundred days. So I say to everybody out there, be good, keep on prayers to everybody. And if you haven't been vaccinated, please get vaccinated. I've got my two shots. And Keep telling everybody I know, get vaccinated. It's a good thing for all of us. And with that, I say adios, muchachos. I love you all, and be good. Lord, bless Tommy. Protect him. Keep him safe. Bring him back home. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.